0: It's Loving the Strange with Carrie Jones and Sean Ferrar. Loving the Strange, a podcast for weirdos and those who want to be weirder. Embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Loving the Strange. Check us out. Hey!
1: What's up, girl?
0: We have like a giant...
1: That I saw funny. that. How'd you do that? I don't actually. Know. Oh,
0: <laughs> I think it's our overlay. Ooh.
1: Did you do that?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, hi, welcome hey. to welcome to a new episode of Loving the Strange. I'm Carrie Jones, and with me today, as every Friday live, is
1: Sean Ferrar. I forgot your name for a second. I'm sure you did, honey.
0: Um. <laughs> It's a holiday weekend. We're a little punchy right now. (laughs) A little punchy.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And this episode is kind of about being a little punchy, right? Because it's um, about not fitting in.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: It's like the beauty. But we're putting a positive spin on it because we're loving the strange and we're all about the love. And it's about the beauty of not fitting in. Right, that's right. Maybe someday we're gonna have to arrange your computer, yeah, so that like the banner on the bottom doesn't block your mouth,
1: dude. It'll be like three feet off the table.
0: (laughs) But, anyways, (laughs) how's that? That's so much better. But D Harris is here, so hey, D, hey, D Harris, it might be the only one yeah it's a holiday weekend it's a friday night i mean i feel like people are barbecuing or doing what they do for the fourth of july in the u.s (gasps) john bell is here too and says happy july fourth weekend hope it's as epic as some we had in the 90s it won't be i think that uh shawnee what really our amazing holiday weekend's not going to be as epic as you and John Bell in the 90s in Florida.
1: Well, I got to work tomorrow, and it's going to be a biscuit of a day.
0: A biscuit of the
1: a day. A B word of a day. And hopefully, I don't have to do anything on Sunday.
0: Well, we can cross our fingers. We'll have to do the other podcast on Sunday.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Good Lord.
0: I know. Just never, don't think about it now.
1: Never a break.
0: Yay! So Allison's back from nationals, and hopefully she'll tell us about that. And um, but before that, I think we should talk about what our podcast is about today, okay. right? Tell us
1: all, huh? Okay, so fill me in.
0: Sean had a little bit of a hectic day today and didn't do his normal podcast research. So that means there probably won't be any stories about people rotting or creating murderous events. Or do you create a murderous event? I do you know. Never I. We can only hope. So this week is all about the beauty of not fitting in. And um, there's this counseling site in the UK, and it's called HarleyTherapy.com, and we'll have the links on the podcast for this and everything else. Um, and it says that not fitting in is really about belonging, and so belonging understand what that means to not fit in is according to them a feeling like feeling a part of a group whether that be a family, a set of friends, a workplace, Loving the Strangest podcast and they (laughs) quote um, psychologist Abraham Maslow who worked on this human motivation theory, right? And he created a hierarchy of needs like if you have ever taken a psych class, they talk about this a lot and he thought that love and belonging was the most important part of the hierarchy of me. It's like top of the pyramid, right? Like, um, it's like only like second to food and shelter, I think, and safety and like maybe employment and maybe good health, whatever, it's important. <laughs> So it's way down on the list. No, you want to be alive. I mean, that's kind of the first part. But, like, I want to be alive to find out about the epic 4th of July celebration Sean and John Bell had in the 90s. And I bet, babe, in the 90s, when you were hanging out with John, you felt like you belonged. I bet you felt like you were part of a group, didn't you?
1: Well, I was. But I was always... uh... Except for my really nuclear group, which included John, I was more on the fringes than, yeah. than he 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 was. Yeah, he was he was way more social back then for sure. Was,
0: was John the skeleton that held all your friends' group together? Like all the yeah parts? Like he, he probably irregular... was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we had a you know a different bunch of people. It was like a Venn diagram. He was in the middle.
0: All right. So, let me rephrase it. Have you yeah. ever felt like you didn't belong like in your workplace and your oh, family yeah. all the time your...
1: all the time?
0: Can you tell us about that?
1: <laughs> uh well, when I was a kid, I never I hated hanging out with people that were my own age. Like I just hated it. I preferred to be around adults, but I was always shy, so I never spoke. Yeah. So then, like many things that are not necessarily normal, but turn out advantageous, I listened. And I learned so much. And, uh, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So yeah. it was almost so positive then. It, it
1: was positive. Yeah. And then, you know, finally when I was like 30, 35, I learned how to put it all together.
0: So last year. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. And, and be a little bit more uh, fitty inny.
0: Fitty inny. Yeah. I like it. It's a good phrase. <laughs> so I never, I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to be shocked and awed right here, but like I've never felt like I fit in. Um, I know. Stunning. Like in my family, I didn't fit in. I didn't quite look like anybody else. I didn't act like anybody else. People said things like, you're weird all the time. Um, because I was, you know, like, I just didn't think like the rest of my family. And I didn't dress like the rest of my family. And like, um, I wasn't fit, fit fitty any like the rest of my family. (laughs) Now infamous phrase from Shawnee. Um, and like, it just didn't work. And I was in a really rich town. And I was the poor family you know when I was growing up as opposed to when my brother and sister were and they were a lot older than me so it's kind of the youngest kid and I didn't fit in because I had a funny accent because I tried to get rid of my sloshy S's and like I just didn't fit in you know and that's okay and even as a grown up I don't feel like I fit in with other writers a lot of, like I love them all but I'm always like oh, I don't fit in as Sean knows. Having gone to many a conference with me,
1: you and do. I, <laughs> you do a great job of blending in public. Like you're a pro at fitting in
0: <clears throat> outwardly,
1: like, but, right? But you're not like when they say, "Okay, we're, business is over. Let's go have some drinks or something." You're like, "Ah, let's go back to the room." <laughs>
0: That's because I have social anxiety, <laughs> um, but it's like you know i didn't fit in as a journalist and i didn't fit in as a politician at all yeah they made fun of me about not fitting in honestly as a politician which is okay because i didn't um and you know what that's okay because when i didn't fit in it gave me an excuse to try something new like it gave me an excuse to try to create my own space and stuff you know what i mean like of course and like you didn't feel like you fit in when you're a police officer
1: no, right? I was I was a little different than most everybody.
0: But yeah, <laughs> you're so vague. Huh? <laughs> like, you're like so vague. I could be like, I specifically didn't fit in because they said this and this and this, and you're like, yeah, I just I didn't fit in.
1: Well, I don't know that they that uh, they said this would go on all night, but a lot of things they said I just didn't agree with yeah and it, and i and I think honestly it was it all boils down to like humanitarianism <laughs> and and being able to live in a gray world instead of black and white you know what i mean
0: yeah and a lot of people who don't fit in or feel like they don't fit in it's because they do live in those like liminal spaces those place Ooh, that was a big word I feel like do I get pretentious points for that word? I feel like I could get some pretentious points for that
1: Liminal. Word. Yeah. Not anymore because you've been practicing all week. Oh damn. All right, fine. <laughs> tell everybody,
0: Sean. Tell
1: everybody. What? You you explained it to me in detail the other day. I did, I did we've actually it to done it. a podcast on it. I think you <laughs> forgot. I did. I didn't forget. <laughs>
0: I don't even fit in in my own family. Anyways, there's all these like really um good things is what I'm trying to say about being in those liminal spaces and not fitting in all the time, right? Like in high school, like I think maybe this was like what it was like for you and maybe John Bell can tell us. But like I wasn't like, hey, I fit. I had friends from all different cliques, I guess, you know, because it was a long time ago when cliques were big and very (laughs) breakfast clubby, you know, and like I had jocks who I was friends with and I was friends with the smart kids, but I wasn't quite the valedictorian. And I was friends with the arty kids and I was friends with the um, nerdy kids and the music kids, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, and that like kind of was cool in the sense that I got to learn from all different people and different groups and sometimes when you don't fit in it helps you um cultivate empathy do you know what i mean like because you can (laughs) either that or anger or (laughs) anger or anger um but there's this great quote that i have somewhere hopefully i'm not making noise with the um no you're good you're good um where it says that um you know the different ones who don't fit in um, oh, here it is. It's an author named Crystal Gronto and she was writing on heart stories and she said, quote, feeling like you don't fit in with a crowd teaches you to see and appreciate differences in people. It teaches you empathy and compassion for others who are on the outside. It gives you eyes to see things that the crowd can so easily miss. And that almost calls to mind. Oh, that was a very pretentious frame too. It almost calls to mind. Um, <laughs> what you were saying about being a little kid, not having those friends your same age, right? Right. Yeah. Like, um, and how you watched and you learn. And that made you able to have empathy because you were studying people and learning from them all the time. And poor D said she didn't, D, who we love like with all our heart, said that she didn't fit in in high school and they called her Oreo for a while, which is super mean. I want to go back and be um, like the friend of D (laughs) in high school. But Uh, yeah, that sucks D. That does suck. They called me St. Bernard (laughs) for multiple reasons
1: every time you tell me that I, I i i have forgotten and i find it funny
0: it's because i was such a goody goody but you
1: weren't a big old dog though
0: oh that's a very sweet thing for a husband to say and gives you so many points baby but my last name was barnard so it was like Carrie barnard st bernard Well, other people <laughs> might not know did they ever call you ferrari
1: oh my god come on
0: no of course oh <laughs>
1: And I eventually adopted it and said, and people want to know how to pronounce my name. I said, it's like Ferrari, you just dropped the E sound. So you're saying Oh, look at you.
0: Yeah. And Nancy, who I also love with all my heart, said in the chat that she was called Chubby Checker in high school. Was it because you were really good at doing the twist? Yeah. (laughs) Was it like, I can see Nancy being an amazing dancer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one of those amazing yeah. closet, closet dancers.
0: Yeah. Like, she's
1: just like,
0: not I can totally see that. I can see that, Nancy. I hope that's the reason why. But the kids are cruel. And like, it's so easy to feel alienated and like you don't fit in, you know? Like, um, Doug Marshall says, St. Bernard brings the booze in a little keg that hangs around her neck. you know what? I don't do that, Doug Marshall.
1: No, nah, she doesn't even bring me booze.
0: I don't. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm failing in my I'm failing in my path. And Nancy said it was not because of she was really good at doing the twist. We're sorry, Nancy, and we're sorry, D. Kids are cruel little punks sometimes. You know, you remember cool. it.
1: Horribly. You
0: remember other. it all. You know, and um, D said, "Yeah, kids are mean." I see that working with kids. Lol. <laughs> And John Bell said, We used our brains more than most. He's talking about him and Sean, not him and me. But alcohol threw that out the window for me when I was in my 20s. <laughs> A uh, lot of people, because they feel like they don't fit in, um, has Sean drink something? A lot of people, because they feel like they don't water. fit in, like, that insecurity ends, not that this is you, John, but like that insecurity often means that they seek pleasure in other things. So like that could be alcohol or it could be watching a million trillion. Um, I don't know. Was something binge worthy? Bridgerton, American pickers, like you know. lose yourself in other places, you know, cause it hurts.
1: Don't be dogging on the American pickers.
0: I know, so sorry. But John said, um, that's why I named him Shorty, because Ferrar was too hard to say.
1: Who the hell's Shorty?
0: Sean was called Shorty yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. And if you've never seen yeah, D said Grey's Anatomy. And if you've never seen <laughs> Sean in real life, Sean is no shorty. It's ironic. John Bell was being ironic, man. What?
1: Yeah, nothing. Everybody called me that. Nobody- <laughs> Half of, half of our friends, but I don't even know my real name. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, my word.
1: I don't know for sure, but.
0: That's so funny. Well, Sean is like, how old, tall are you? Six, 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 five? Six, six. Yeah, he's not a shorty. <laughs> and people think I'm super short because in pictures I look so short next to him. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm very average. I'm very
1: average. She's
0: a. Small side of average, but I'm average.
1: <laughs> I decided to say nothing.
0: Yeah, you started. It was worse. It was you're, worse.
1: You're beautiful.
0: Doug said, if you think you have low I think if you have low self esteem, it magnifies the pain of not fitting in. And I think that's really, really true.
1: That's um, super true.
0: Yeah. But there's these beautiful hidden advantages of being weird and and not belonging. There's a writer named Marianne Cantwell who has made a butt ton of money, um, and a life work. Are you okay over there? I'm like you fell down. Me? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm good. Okay, a butler of life work, like talking about how weirdness is your edge. So that's like a direct quote from her, and that being different and being in those liminal spaces and not belonging and not fitting in, yeah, I can make you more empathetic, etc., right, understand the outside, more watchful seeing the big picture Um, but it also, um, she talks a lot about looking at people like who have a million trillion followers and aren't wearing a sweatshirt to do a podcast and are like really shiny hair and they're like, wow look at this person and they're like at the top of their game you know like they're amazing but so many of them like come from a place where they didn't belong in their field or in their environment or in their thought patterns and like because they didn't belong it allowed them to think outside the box or it allowed them to present a different aspect to that field which made them stand out in a good way. Eventually, once mm-hmm. they embraced that, and like, we're like, yeah, I'm weird. And this is who I am. And this is what I'm gonna be. And we're gonna make a silly podcast, or we're gonna be like, her example is uh, the guy for, who made the TED talks. And he was this guy who ran conferences and organized them, but he had no attention span. So he kept making the, the speakers be like, you can only talk for 30 minutes. You can only talk for 25 (laughs) minutes. You can only talk for 15 minutes. And eventually that became like Ted, all the Ted stuff that he made a ton of money on. And it was innovative, you know? And it was because of his difference in his field that made him successful. And for her, she went into business. She's very, very beautiful. and I think that gives her an advantage. But she went into business, and uh, she was super sensitive, and her feelings were easily hurt. And she had some anxiety and depression, intermittently. And um, she was like, "Oh, I can't pretend to be like the straight-laced business person anywhere more than I could have done that when I was being a journalist or a politician, right?" Uh, but she used it and created like a whole big book and courses and franchises and telling people that weirdness is their superpower, you know? That's smart. And using the word liminal a lot. She uses the word (laughs) liminal all the time.
1: Every successful person has a catchphrase, I
0: swear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just the truth.
0: I need a catchphrase so I can be successful. (laughs) But her point is that the different ones, the ones who didn't fit in, like those are the ones who changed the world. Because you change the world by thinking outside the box and creating innovation is her theory. And when you feel like you belong and everything's hunky-dory, you can't hunky-dory. That could be my catchphrase and yours could be fitty any. Um, All right. But,
1: like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that.
0: When everything's hunky-dory, it's not super cool. And like, um, there's a bunch of places, like um, examples of famous people who didn't fit in. And one of those is Taylor Swift. <laughs> who has like the best quote ever about it, Um, which is, I don't, I have the notes in our podcast, the sources, but it's, I remember when I was in school, the whole reason I started writing songs was because I was alone a lot of the time. I'd sit there in school and I'd be hearing people like, oh my God, this party we're going to is gonna be so awesome on Friday. Everybody's excited, invited, except for Taylor. Yes. And if you think about Taylor Swift in the media, she's really famous for kind of creating her own posse of like girls and women friends and stuff. And they're like this big click. So it's almost like she took that and was like, I'm going to own that. I'm going to make my own friend group and we're going to all be weird together. And that's kind of cool.
1: It's real cool. I like, don't, yeah. I'm just saying I wasn't uh, Making a commercial for Taylor Swift because I don't care either way. But it's cool that when people do that.
0: Yeah. You know? Or Oprah Winfrey.
1: Like the super rich nerds, you know. Just yeah. given their the- given the high school successful people that weren't so successful, the big finger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like, um like or Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, like was famously fired from being a reporter, like a, I think, TV reporter, um, because she'd get too emotionally attached and upset when she was reporting the news, right? They fired her? Yeah, they fired her. And then she got Aye. another job. And her whole brand is, hey, it's Oprah who cares about the people that she's interviewing and gets emotionally attached to them. So, like, she took that weakness and it ended it up again not fitting in becoming her strength you know yeah d harris said in chat not gonna lie i feel like it'd be cool to be part of taylor's group i would i would definitely be part of taylor's group too
1: oh well if you're in the inner circle it's probably a heck of a lot of fun I know.
0: <laughs> Just For cool sure. on the beach. oh my gosh it'd be really fun lady gaga didn't fit in she wanted to be boy george i know that in high school i know that stunts you um Hunter Hayes, who's a a country music singer, was like so bullied in high school and felt like he didn't fit in that he would cry himself to sleep all the time.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh,
0: Like, it's not. That's horrible.
1: How old was was he? Six?
0: No, I think he was like in high school and stuff. Um, Uh... The fashion editor at Vogue, Anna Wintour, when she had before she was at Vogue, got fired because her stuff was too edgy and weird. And like it's just over and over again. It's like if you can embrace and not give up and give the giant middle finger to society, so many times you can become something kind of yeah, because
1: you're gonna fill a niche, yeah, you know? you're gonna fill yeah. a, little vo- a little void,
0: yeah. It's just There's like a... A... Oh, no, I was not.
1: just gonna say a lot of times when people that don't fit in, you know, they don't have a lot of friends that. When they make friends and the people that they really, really do get along with, they have much stronger friendships.
0: So that's true. Because A they have su-
1: such good relationship.
0: Yeah. It, Fiona said, find your subculture and own it. And I think that's so perfect, honestly. Like, you know,
1: um, I'm getting tired of seeing Fiona come along to our podcast spouting all this wisdom all the time
0: <laughs> he's lying he loves it he loves it he's just jelly because you're so smart
1: that's exactly right
0: just so smart so jealous because you like what a great like summation such a good summation you can that tell that be... she, that she does stuff like with words you know like
1: so does nancy stone apparently i think she's flipping us off
0: but no, is she? Oh yeah, maybe, because I said she's giant <laughs> finger. <figure. laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: um, speaking on that, um, in Tiny Buddha, they had an article by Anne Bouchard, and she said, everybody tries to fit in because they desperately want to feel at home wherever they are, but fitting in will never get you home. Fitting in is about trying to adapt to a world that's not your own. And you don't belong there. And you don't need to belong there, honestly. And then she goes on to say, belonging is inhabiting the world as the real you. And the hard reality is that you'll never fit in where you don't belong. Here's what it actually takes to truly believe where you're meant to be. Like you just wanna like be you. And if you can't be you, cause you're busy trying to be, I don't know, Lady Gaga. Um, then you can't ever have that feeling of completeness and, and acceptance and belonging. You know what I mean? Like, I do. And that was really,
1: that was really great actually. What, did I just get read? like
0: an accolade from, oh, well, it's because I was reading somebody else's words. Damn
1: it. True, true that, but you found them, love. You found I did. Them. I
0: found them. I did research. Like the and you did a great job. I was.
1: you did a great job of reading them, too.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. So, very quickly, other good things that happen, right? Yeah. We don't freaking fit in is like you can, f- what we were talking about before, like you can find your people. And they'll be your real people, right? Right. Like if you can I, accept I who that. you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. OK, credit.
0: baby, you get all the credit. I
1: don't get any hardly.
0: So not true. It is. Today I'm like, you always make me out to be such a bad guy. And he's like, oh, no, I never do that in front of other people. Right there. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just won that Touché. argument. All right, two. T- um, when you, you can learn what makes you happy is more important than trying to fit in, like, than the idea of someone someone else's idea of what a successful life is. Um, like, this is from learningmind.com. And they basically says, it takes a lot of courage to stop and think about the path you're on and decide um, if all those elements that are part of it, are truly what you chose. Like say growing up, um, because I was such a loser and I never talked and, and everyone thought I was stupid in school until second grade, when I wrote a poem really quickly, that was a haiku, which was our assignment. And the only reason I did it was so I could go out to recess first. And I never talked, poor Sean has heard this story a million times and I've blogged about it, but I never talked because I slurred my s's, and everybody made fun of it and I had this, dorky little accent, because my dad was from Staten Island, New York, and my grandparents were from Canada. And I never um, talked, and they were going to hold me back, because they thought I was really socially awkward, and there's something wrong with me. Um, And then in second grade, with Mrs. Snearson, she gave us a haiku, and this was our assignment, and I did it really fast, so I could go out to recess first, because then I could get the swings, because I never got the swings, because I was too much of a loser. And so I did it. And I came back in and she looked at me and she pointed at me and she was like, Carrie, come here now. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in so much trouble. And I went up to her and she was like, Carrie, your haiku is perfect. You did this assignment beautifully, blah, blah, blah. We never knew that you were smart. The end. Now you're going to like be a smart kid, and boom, writing one little haiku changed my entire world. But now, which I'm so grateful for, but because I guess it made them think I was smart, fooled them. But what it was cool about it, when you think about it this way, is like, wait, am I only a writer because in second grade, a haiku changed my world? Like, am I a writer because it's how I got praise and I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be? Or is it what I truly want to be, you know? And it's like all these little aspects in your own life, like how do they frame you? Like if your parents were really into like uh, pot, let's say. And so they hung the pot on the Christmas tree. Is that gonna make you kind of think, oh, pot's okay. Or if your parents are anti-competitive sports, like my father was, one of my fathers, is that gonna make you anti-competitive sports? If you were like applauded for being an awesome bowler, is that gonna make you bowl, you know? And like what your parents or teachers deemed praiseworthy or not praiseworthy, how does that impact who you are and how you feel about how you fit in, in your own life and where you belong? Was that too much? That was too much, huh? Sorry.
1: That was awesome. I'm gonna just, put
0: Carden's comment about I, it being beautiful, even though it wasn't about that. But I'm just gonna put it up there. I
1: think I've lost my purpose. Yeah. On this show. <laughs> no. You're doing you're doing such a good job. You're like like a therapist. I think I think we no. should just go to like a an no. AA format, and everybody can just chime in on the comments like, hello, my name is Fiona. I don't fit in because and we'll just go oh, around we the, do
0: that. And, then we, table. and then we could just love everybody and we could be like, but oh, we love you. You fit in with us.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: no. Doug said, is there a place for ugly guys with sketchy hygiene? Asking for a friend. Yes. It's Those
1: called guys. my house. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed at that. You're not Doug, supposed to laugh at I that. Can't
0: get you to floss.
1: Oh my god! Look at
0: my
1: teeth—straight, clean.
0: Flossing yeah. is good for your gums. Is all my straight. teeth are so
1: tight, I can't get the floss in there. I gotta <laughs> tie, tie it to a toothpick and pass it through the okay. hole on top of my tooth.
0: Our I'm... podcast makes no sense. We go, we go from like, "Hi, let's try to make everyone know that they're okay," to see my teeth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I still got almost 75% of them. I'm proud of that.
0: (laughs) (gasps) Nancy said, no one looks at a tree and says to it, you don't belong, you weirdo. So I try not to say that to myself either. Nancy Stone, that's brilliant.
1: That's brilliant. But I said that to a tree right before I cut it down before.
0: He has. Because he's a jerk about it. <laughs> and I cry because I'm a weirdo who cries yeah. when Sean cuts down trees or even he cuts does.
1: back. I can't even cut a branch around here. I, I do. I, if it came through the window screen, she'd be like, no, leave it alone. Someday it'll die and fall on the house.
0: Trees are important. Um, Dee said, I totally embrace who I am now. I don't care who likes me. I think I'm awesome. Dee, we agree with you. We think you're awesome. Yes, and she right. said, I wouldn't have made fun of you, Carrie. I don't think you would have, D, because you're so nice. Um, I and Fiona, I knew the story, so sorry. and um, But still super loves it. Thank you very much. I tried to do an abbreviated <laughs> version. All right, here it is. Do you want to read this, Shawnee, or do you want me to?
1: Yes, I'll read it. This is, chat, this is from Fiona McIntosh.
0: Who Shawnee is envious of.
1: Our mother asked me to tell you why it's awesome to be a nerd. That's an easy thing for me to do because that's who I am. When I was a little boy, people really teased us about that and made us feel like there was something wrong with us for loving those things. Now that I'm an adult, I'm kind of a professional nerd, and the world has changed a lot. I think a lot of us have realized that being a nerd or being a geek, another word you'll hear, and I kind of use those terms interchangeably, is... I'm waiting for the rest. Of oh you no, there. it's a dot,
0: dot, dot. We don't have the rest of the comments.
1: She hung. They hung me out to dry. They hung
0: you out to dry. Um, Cardin said, "Oh my God, yes, I'm all for it." There, we're glad that you are, Cardin.
1: <laughs> Do you even know what Carden was talking about?
0: No, but I, I don't care.
1: I'm gonna say Carden was talking about my AA roundtable, "Introduce Yourself" style They format. might have
0: been, yeah, maybe. I think, I think they were. But Nancy wants you to stop talking to her trees.
1: I talk to the trees, majority of them, a lot, uh, very nicely.
0: Uh, they have the rest of it. Fiona has the rest. Here's the rest from Will Wheaton. Oh, not about is, what you love.
1: This is not Fiona's story at all. No, it's Will Wheaton uh, from Comic-Con.
0: Wait, it was I saw Comic-Con that. Calgary I saw somewhere? That. Yep, yes, I Comic-Con in Calgary. Sure. The yeah, rest yeah. is well, hold on, not I'm about gonna- what you love it's about how you love it so there's going to be a thing in your life that you love i don't know what it's going to be and it doesn't matter what it is the way you love that and the way that you find other people who love that is the way you do what it is that makes being a nerd awesome that's really true
1: was that not reading fast enough for you you had to take over
0: i took over because i thought you were ducking down and having a drink i'm so sorry
1: I, do I ever duck down to have a drink?
0: I thought fl- I lost your head. I, couldn't see the I was getting of your head closer anymore. to the
1: computer so I could read the comments.
0: Oh, baby, I'm so sorry.
1: Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Oh. You're showboating tonight, so I'll let you have your night.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to have a very quiet podcast because I'm not going to talk anymore. Just and you can show you pulled- everyone your teeth.
1: Just because you pulled dinner out of your butt in a successful I manner.
0: I did. I pulled dinner out of my butt tonight. That sounds fantastic and very appealing.
1: <laughs> hey, what, what? Wait, wait! I got a joke. What? Are I our, don't know. I not, don't. Know. It's because not a joke. Scared. It's not a joke. It's a scenario. So what are uh, our? So what are our catchphrases? I don't mine, know. Mine's Fiddy any
0: And what's mine? Hunky dory.
1: You forgot oh, already? Yes. Yeah. God. So I was thinking, a scene from a a "Loving the Strange" porno would be like, "Hey baby, is it fit? Is it fitty any?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, hunky dory." See, this is why I
0: said you shouldn't be allowed to say anything.
1: I didn't try to say it sexy or anything.
0: Oh, thank God. We have a friend Steve who, like, whenever (laughs) Sean gets a half whisper, he's like, "Oh no, no, it's a creepy voice," and he gets so upset.
1: I can't find. I can't help it if. My voice has that effect on him. That's it his problem, like, not It mine. was like
0: Biden last week, and I will tell you, I am an equal opportunity. I don't care what political party you're in. If you sound creepy sometimes, I'm going to call you on sounding creepy. So if you're a Biden lover, I apologize, but I would do this about Trump as well. But he was, like, whispering into the microphone, and, like, it just had that creepy effect, and Sean can get that creepy effect sometimes. <laughs> whispers?
1: I, I think I can too,
0: honestly. I don't I'm think think trying anybody, really
1: hard. I don't think anybody listens to this podcast so I ever whisper. You <laughs> <Me> do. <laughs> what, what did Cardin say?
0: Cardin says, loving, ha, 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 ha. Loving the strange porno. I'm cackling.
1: Cardin, I'm going to give you the condensed version of loving the strange porno No, right now. no, no, no. How and,
0: do I mute this, him?
1: And this is going to prove.
0: I muted Sean's mic. Because I have all the power. And he has no idea that I did.
1: it. Oh. Yeah. It's sad. Now you've Can unmuted it.
0: Can you not do Thank whatever you, you were going to do. Oh, no. It's it's not. It's funny. You will always think things are funny that I don't think are funny. And all are right. very Here, funny.
1: Here's the Loving the Strange porno. Hey, baby, you awake? <laughs> you know it only takes seven pounds of pressure to rip your earlobe off, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll go back to sleep. What? That was you with the earlobe comment, and me trying to get lucky after you've already fallen asleep. What? I don't even get I said, it, baby. All right, I'm going to do it again for you. No,
0: I don't get it. Who's saying what?
1: Me, 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 me. Hey, okay. baby. Hey, baby, you awake? <laughs> you, Carrie Jones. You know it only takes seven pounds of pressure to rip an earlobe off, right? And then me. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I'm going to go back to sleep.
0: When have I ever said that?
1: You've never said that, but your, gen- your general a- your general attitude conveys that.
0: No, it does
1: not. That feeling.
0: <laughs> You're doing the lying <laughs> thing again. That's what You're I doing said. The whole, the whole
1: I said story is I, I said it was going to make you write twice tonight, my story. <laughs> I prefaced with that.
0: Barney's uh, snoring and he's having I night can night. hear
1: it. I can hear it.
0: Oh. Wow. I don't know what to do about that. He doesn't sound right. I think you've traumatized him with that story.
1: You can't hear it. You're wearing headphones, love.
0: You can hear everything. He's a dog.
1: That dog sleeps in our bed every night. My story did not traumatize (laughs) (laughs) you. He's heard worse than that.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna try to bring it back to a nice place. You try. But it's really hard because it's sparty. Okay, if you feel like you don't belong, you can also think that it gives you the possibility to aim for a more meaningful life according to learning.mind.com. Why are you laughing now?
1: <laughs> because I really thought you were done with all of that. I'm like, not done. Nothing. Like five, five minutes, minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, baby.
0: So, to understand that, right? Yeah. Here's a direct quote. I don't know. Much might- of our focus on outward signs of success, such as making money or shopping, might come from an underlying fear that our lives are meaningless. Viktor Frankl, the Australian neurologist and psychiatrist, as well as a Holocaust survivor, said that when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure, which is what we were talking about before, right? And he says, um, so they say, ask yourself, what is meaningful? Does this thing that I'm doing right now, does ask? <laughs> you,
1: you, you just what made mean? me, you just made me really depressed. No. <laughs> because if the primary thing I'm on mind every day of my life is, is like pleasures of the flesh, does that mean I leave? Live the most horrible, meaningless existence ever?
0: It just means you might need to go hang out with David Duchovny and get some therapy. That's all right.
1: Who the heck is that?
0: He was on the X-Files. He was a sex addict.
1: I'm not a sex addict.
0: Well, it made yourself sound like one.
1: No, no. I, I just enjoy your presence that much.
0: Okay, moving on. Um, you want to choose to serve your own values rather than society. So, like, that's what I was talking about before. You know, like, how my teachers or how your family or how society can influence what you deem as success. Or even influence who you are and what you do. Why are you laughing?
1: I'm laughing at Fiona's comment.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm afraid to go look.
1: It's not bad.
0: Uh... She said
1: She said that's not the only pleasure of the flesh. And then she said, eating is too. And my response is, I split my time 50-50 between (laughs) those two.
0: (laughs) I did that. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Anyways, when you choose the things that make you happy, you have a more authentic life. And when you have a more authentic life, then you're going to feel like you belong in it, and that you belong in your skin. You know what I mean? Um, And there's a whole bunch of different ways that people can feel like they don't belong, like it can be bullying, it can be abusive relationships, medical issues, trauma. But sometimes it just comes from a regular old lack of confidence, right? Or belief that who you are really is unworthy, which is why we're going to talk about something hopefully slightly more uplifting right now, Um, which is like some awesome stories from Reddit that were compiled. And it's just these people's moments of dumb and weird, and they're so relatable. And they make you think about how we're all connected.
1: You know, I've got a bunch of stories here that you so kindly printed out for me, but I don't see how they fit with tonight's topic, but they're funny, so I'm gonna tell them. No, I just
0: explained, I just explained. All right, so if part of the reason that we feel like we don't belong is because we're so hard on ourselves for making stupid little mistakes, like the time that I was at Expo America and my skirt fell off when I got out of the taxi in front of a whole line of people at the hotel. Instead of saying
1: something cool to yourself, like, oh, you stupid space cadet. You're like, oh my God, I don't even belong in the human race for being so stupid.
0: Yeah, some of us beat ourselves up over and over and over again for like making a mistake in our query letter to an agent or having our skirt fall off when we're, you know, in New York City. Or messing up. It happened yesterday
1: too, actually. She was walking (laughs) out of the office and it fell right to the floor.
0: floor.
1: (laughs) But I was lounging in my desk chair.
0: Fiona asked if I was commando. I was not commando either time. Thank you very much because that's not how my mother brought me up. But maybe if my mother hadn't brought me up, I would have been who knows how she's influenced me. But um, the first time at Book Expo America, I was carrying like this huge bag of books. It was super heavy. I got out of the taxi. There's a line queued up right right in the front of that line is a little boy, like eight, nine, ten years old. With his dad, and his mouth was like, and
1: and his dad was like, like, Don't tell your mom, son, shut up.
0: It was so bad. It was so bad. And I was like trying to stoop and not drop all the books because they're books and hold up the waistband of my skirt. It was not a pleasant moment, but I lived it through it and I dead. haven't found it on the internet anywhere. So I think it's okay. <laughs>
1: no. And it just
0: makes me more human. And that's the point. If we tell these stories and other people share their stories, then we can all realize that, yeah, we all mess up and we're all dorky and adorable sometimes. And it's okay to lose your skirt in public. And it's okay. I don't don't even know. I don't know. Tell me. That was such a diss. I don't even know what these stories matter to our podcast. Who said that? You did. You did.
1: Not your stories. Oh, these stories. I wanted you to relate. I know you did to the smarter people already. They probably got it the first time, but I needed a second go round. And now I understand. Thank you. Okay. You see these bags under my eyes? Look at that puffy crap. I need some some of that expensive lotion or something.
0: He puts the lotion on his skin. Oh, that's my role. I know. And you can say it in a creepy, whispery voice, but not to Nancy's trees. All right. You ready? You gonna share one because you get to talk? Oh yeah. And yes.
1: this first one, I'm gonna do it because I've done it myself. Cucumbers. Oh, for my eye. <laughs> See, I don't eat cucumbers, but we get no, never mind.
0: Um Sean said um cucumbers because fiona said in the chat cucumbers oh, for my,
1: for for my eye ba- for my eye bags which yes. if you're not watching yes. the podcast are actually not that good looking right now
0: oh my gosh but um, I, you're so what? much more handsome in real life i don't know what's wrong with your computer i know i oh. need. A,
1: i need it can i get a filter for my can't my i think it's your camera?
0: angle honey it's your angle <laughs> Carden says everyone that? has, that's perfect. Cardin says everyone has experiences of overwhelming embarrassment, especially in public.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Now
0: read the story, Sean. What did you do?
1: Okay. Digress, this way. is not my story, but I've done it before. Okay. And a, not a long story. Had a lapse in judgment and decided to clean the end of my razor with my finger by swiping across it. You know the rest. You did that? Oh, I've done that, like, multiple times.
0: But you're so detail-oriented. That's hard to believe.
1: Everybody just doesn't live in the moment once in a while. And you know how the hairs get stuck in there, and you bang and bang and bang it until the head falls off. And sometimes <laughs> you just get mad and then zing, and you've cut four slices in your finger. <laughs> that's why it's safer to use a single edge razor. You only cut yourself one time.
0: That's so painful. Like, I hurt <laughs> just thinking about it.
1: No, well, it didn't is it? hurt. It's a right. razor. Razors another, kill. Another. Well, it's just your fingertip, it's not a real high sensitive area. But, anyways, oh no, you, no, no. you smoke enough crack and you burn that right off of your throat. So, <laughs> no. so the skin's deadened. You can't hardly. Yeah, feel. Everybody
0: else is like, ah, you're just too tough, Shawnee. Too tough.
1: No. I think it goes so fast. You don't have a chance to hurt. Like, I have oh, done this oh, and it stupid. hurts
0: a lot and it's super bloody. And then you watch the blood go down into the shower drain and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a horror novel. And then it's terrifying. The whole thing is terrifying.
1: Well, I haven't luckily done it since I got so old. I had to start taking a baby aspirin every day. Cause then I'd probably bleed out. <laughs> God.
0: Kidding is so right. Fingertip is the worst part. Have you never had a finger prick at the doctor, Sean? Yeah.
1: Well, I have yes, but that little thing goes so fast. Pow! <sighs> have you never cut a word out? you're just
0: so sexy and studly. Wow, you're so tough.
1: Wow. I'm not tough. You had. What were you doing to me a while back? in I was whimpering. Oh, cleaning my ears.
0: <laughs> Don't tell people that. All right. So <laughs> I'm gonna move on to another story. Um, I was at the zoo. <laughs> buying a fountain pop from the cafe, when the staff didn't give me a straw, I asked for one. And he said, they do not give out straws due to the free roaming animals on the zoo ground, which makes sense, you know. And I asked, how am I supposed to drink this? Without breaking eye contact, he took the drink and removed the plastic lid. (laughs) And I have never done that, but I could totally see myself doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't do that, baby.
0: I don't think I would because nah. I, I wouldn't be like so jerky to see, like, well, then how do I drink this? I would right. just be like, Shani, how do I drink this? And then you'd be like, honey, dig off of it. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh. What
1: yeah. if I wasn't there? You would have thrown it away.
0: <laughs> no, I would have figured it out eventually. <laughs> eventually. I'm not good with mechanical things. Do you have another scary story with razors?
1: Scary? No. 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 Okay.
0: Are you gonna tell us another story?
1: I can tell you a story that of my very own that was oh, stupid. Oh,
0: really? it,
1: No, it's not scary or anything. It's real stupid. It's just that when I was younger, I, I was getting in the bathtub—not to shower, but it was for some reason in the bathtub—and I was. You know how I hem and haw about getting wet all the time. And I finally went to jump in, but I had still failed to remove my socks. <laughs> so because it was a bath, my feet were like fully submerged in the—you know just a second. And then I realized. But there's another side to this story.
0: Okay. I've, I've
1: told you before.
0: It's, it's...
1: No, it's when I lived down in Florida and I was working at the marina and I actually had a tan.
0: Was John Bell in this story? No, he
1: wasn't part oh, of this no. story.
0: Right. But I
1: used I used to wear boat shoes all the time, but I always wore socks. And they weren't shorty socks like to stop at the end of the top of your shoe. They were more like an ankle length that go up a couple inches. So I was with some other people. We were like drinking and stuff. We were like 15. and uh, What? i'm just kidding that was a joke
0: i had a real delayed reaction to that like
1: i didn't get it oh i thought i was gonna have to remind you to get it but anyways so all i had on was my my shorts like i might have even been wearing flip-flops but my tan line was so great that i was going to get in the hot tub and one of the guys was like hey dude you forgot to take your socks off (laughs) because that's how white my skin is when it's not red or
0: it's so sad
1: Color of not white.
0: <laughs> That's so sad. You are a very, very pale man.
1: Like, I know. I
0: know. Very pale man.
1: I know. I'm gonna have marks from where these. I was wearing these headphones tonight, just from the lights.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> I'm a little
0: crazy.
1: You got a story? Or yeah, I'll I got a story. I, I like story. these kinds of stories.
0: All right, you ready? Yeah. And if you have goofy stories, y'all, we only have like eight minutes left, but. Feel free to share them. Um, I tried to take a screenshot of a crack of my phone screen.
1: <laughs> There's a lot that has to do with phones. That's pretty funny.
0: I found that unrelatable.
1: relatable. <laughs> I once searched for my phone in the dark using my phone's flashlight. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs>
0: I think I have, oh, I have another phone one, ready? Yeah. Um, I spent almost an hour searching my house for my phone while on the phone with my mom. <laughs> she heard me getting frustrated and throwing things around and asked, what's wrong? And I replied, really peed off. I can't find my phone anywhere. I've been looking for it the whole time I've been talking to you and oh. <laughs>
1: You know, I do, I do stuff like that all the time. I wish I could just think of an example
0: because uh, I really do. I, I have another phone story ready. Yeah. just to have our phone stories over from us. I cool. was on the phone with my boss. He was asking me if I was at work yet. I said, no, I wasn't. He asked me why not. I said, I couldn't find my phone. He said, Sting. That's the name of the guy on the Reddit thread. Sting do me a favor. Look at your hand. I go, I'm looking for my phone. He said, sting, shut the F word up and look at your hand. So I look at my hand. It's empty. He goes, no, you dumb S word. Look at your other hand. So then I looked at my hand that was holding the phone. And I said, I found my phone. And he said, yeah, no S word. Now get the F to work. (laughs) And that sounds like the best boss ever, honestly. Like, you know, that boss has it together.
1: Well, either that or Sting is so stupid, the boss (laughs) totally believes him, doesn't think he's lying, and knows how to walk him through it. I know.
0: (laughs) Carden said multiple times they've had their glasses on top of their head while trying to look for their glasses when their vision is terrible without their glasses. LOL. My mom did that all the time. All yeah. the time. We were late all the time because she was looking for her glasses, which were on her head. <laughs> so frustrating. Dee has uh, one. Yeah. These?
1: All right. I have one, says Dee okay. Harris. So I was a freshman in high school, and it was after school that I was waiting for my bus. A friend of mine was talking to us and missed her bus. When she realized it was leaving, she ran, hitting the bus with one hand and holding her backpack in her other hand. She did this in front of the whole school. Needless to say, everyone was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that all. I, I've never missed a bus, but you know, especially yeah. on the like on the interstate when you're driving down the road and you're like, all right, this is my exit, this is my exit, this is my oh. <laughs> I'm thinking about something else. Ah, uh, wait a minute, my exit is 148. Why am I at 154 or whatever? You I can I mean? never imagine you doing that. Oh, well, Who I just, were you? I just, li- I still do it. I just lie to you. I'm
0: like, this is oh, all right.
1: No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I've done
0: that. Oh, I think you have done that.
1: When you're driving by yourself, it's, it's, you get lost in your own thoughts, you know?
0: Doug <laughs> is t- being silly and he said, I tried to take my glasses off while not wearing them and vice versa. Oh, yeah. See what you're doing there. And Nancy has a story. Do you want to read it or you want me to, babe?
1: I'll read it. I was about six and at the county fair with my dad. He went and got some fries and I reached up and started snacking (laughs) on them like I always did. A A few minutes later, I heard my name. Looked up and saw my dad walking towards me with some fries. <laughs> I've been snacking on some other old dude's fries the whole time, and he never said a word. <laughs> in his defense, I was a pale, sad kid.
0: <laughs> the last one in
1: He probably thought I needed those fries.
0: It's <laughs> terrible.
1: You should have said, "I'll take, uh, I me mean, some of them French fried taters."
0: Is that a line for something?
1: Yes, I've told you this a hundred times. It's from Sling Blade.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: That's all right. No big deal. I
0: failed like,
1: yeah. again. I tried to watch it with you, and you fell promptly asleep. So.
0: I spend I spend a lot of energy during the day. With I know. My I brain. I know. Um, here's one. You ready? Yeah. Um, not sure if this counts. Up until my freshman year of college, I thought that red plus green equals purple. Boy, did I feel like an idiot when I discovered this in my chemistry class by arguing with a textbook, then the chemist, and then the whole classroom full of people. Can what you imagine
1: what does no, red could... plus green equal?
0: Well, not purple, uh,
1: something nasty like dirty yeah, water, it's isn't it? Like
0: dirty water usually, yeah. yeah.
1: I can totally positive. imagine. You're,
0: oh, yes, because yeah. you get very positive about being right.
1: Too. I'm always right. <laughs> I mean, you might prove me banana wrong pudding. every day, but I don't believe the internet.
0: <laughs> <sighs> can I, I make was, one last one? Because it's really funny.
1: No, first oh. I need to apologize. I was right about the banana pudding. I just made Banana pudding exists, It's vanilla
0: It's rare.
1: It does exist, but banana pudding as we know it in our American, continental American society is not banana pudding. It's vanilla pudding with bananas and vanilla wafers in it. Anyways, move on, baby. It's a dish. It's a dish.
0: All right, ready? Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, about 12 or so, this is not me. This is the Reddit user.
1: We'll decide that after we hear it. (laughs)
0: It does sound like something I would do though. When I was a kid around 12 or so, I wondered what it was like to smoke. My parents were smokers and often had me roll their cigarettes for them. I grew up in the 80s where smoking around your kids and all that dangerous stuff was acceptable. So I had convinced an equally stupid friend that we should go roll a cigarette and smoke it while my parents weren't home. We get the cigarette tubes out and the roller, but we couldn't find the tobacco. Hmm, well, we were intent to smoke that day. So what was the next best thing? Catnip. Awesome idea. Somehow I felt like even more of a rebel. So we rolled the catnip up in a cigarette tube and headed outside with it. I had my tra- I had a trampoline in my backyard. So we get up on it, figuring this is the best place to light this thing up and give it a try. So with catnip smoke in my mouth, I light the thing and the whole thing was so dry, it burnt straight down to my lips in a big flash and sizzled and cracked and almost burned my eyebrows off. And the sparks and ashes fell onto the trampoline and burnt a big old hole right through the middle of oh, the trampoline. Man. So for the longest time after that, whenever my parents were mowing the lawn or out in the yard, I would run out there just to make sure I could be on the trampoline. To ensure I could cover the whole response. So <laughs> oh, Isn't that awesome? Dee said that there was a kid in science class that said a human could mate with a pterodactyl, so
1: he should can... should mate. Should I'm mate. sorry,
0: Eric. <laughs> <laughs> mate with a pterodactyl oh. so that humans can fly. Wow.
1: That'd be awesome
0: i kind of want to go to
1: bad. i'd be one badass human flying human
0: oh i'm Aww. gonna do school so i can beat up everybody even though i never beat up i would have beaten them up with my words and like taking care of d even though D's okay now and i'd also get to meet the kid who said humans and pterodactyl should meet
1: <laughs> i can't believe another kid had to use a roll machine to roll a cigarette
0: I don't have any idea how to roll a cigarette. I probably would have to do that.
1: if I've never, I roll, never rolled one.
0: Well, <laughs> one of my dads was always smoking. Like.
1: <laughs> Eleven of these coming. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> we were in college with that one. Oh, really? <laughs> you said we were in college with that one but thanks Carrie that makes it even better
1: actually. <laughs> Well you were giving that other person a lot of credit that's all.
0: I was like oh he must have been like fifth grade.
1: I know I was thinking like second or third but, but then I was whatever like high school. Yeah. <laughs> Hey we all say stupid things.
0: And that's the point right? all of us have at one point put the water like forgotten to put the filter or something in the coffee maker and the water just runs through or we put the coffee grinds in the water part of the coffee maker all of us have and
1: all of us have done something equally as silly I'm sure
0: yeah and that's all part of it but it doesn't mean that you suck and it doesn't believe that you don't mean that you don't belong it just means well, that's for sure you're human human
1: that means you need to go invent a coffee machine that doesn't use filters like whoever invented the Keurig machine probably did that exact same thing you did baby
0: maybe maybe they did it like a million trillion times and they were like enough
1: that's right (sighs) did you know that Keurig machines actually have filters in the water bucket Sean knows now
0: Sean knows now (laughs) but he's not going to talk about that uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. you want to say something like positive and affirming as we end the fo- podcast? I was going to call I, it the am podcast.
1: I, am I not positive?
0: No, I just was trying to give you the chance to sum it up because you said I was showboating.
1: Oh my God. See, when we first started hanging out, you said you didn't hold grudges.
0: I don't. I'll forget it's, all of this like, Anything over half thir-
1: hour. Anything over three minutes is a grudge.
0: No, it is not. That is not <laughs> how it <works. laughs>
1: You've got a memory like a steel trap, baby.
0: I do, but I don't hold a grudge. After a no, the day. I... <laughs> <laughs> There's like a grudge window. And unless, you can, it's like,
1: a we- unless it's a holiday weekend. No, you're really good about that, baby.
0: Thank
1: you. really, yeah.
0: So, do you want? You know what?
1: Some- I, 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 I'll I'll say something affirming. You know what? Picture yourself <laughs> as an. Sorry, i was reading Fiona's comment.
0: Fiona oh, said, "Did
1: you not know?" Oh, go ahead. You tell everybody what she said first.
0: Fiona said, "Nah, man, I have Scottish ancestors where a feud ran for 350 years. That's a grudge."
1: carrie says she's not scottish
0: but I, um, sean's scottish i am a so little scottish
1: <clears throat> yeah
0: but for some reason it's not showing up on my dna anymore
1: oh it must have fallen out of you
0: i think it did fall. <laughs> john bell says that he wants us to bring d harris down to florida when we go visit him
1: he's on the okay. way
0: we yeah in rucky. georgia
1: actually yeah. john's got a house in georgia that'd be closer
0: Oh well, there we go. Party.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a loving the strange party. Where we so, can all feel like we don't belong together.
1: I was gonna throw out this Intrigues. brilliant this brilliant analogy. All right, ready. I just came up with it right here. Okay. In, in my brain.
0: In your brain. You,
1: you gotta picture yourself as a little bit of uh, not as a you gotta picture yourself as an old-fashioned vinyl album. And your life might be shit until you find the groove. Language.
0: And, yeah. and then everything's wonderful. Yeah, like, I like that.
1: Oh, it took you a while. Like beautiful music. It's a- mu- like beautiful music. <laughs> so mean. Huh? So
0: mean. You're so mean.
1: <laughs> I thought I was going to have to tell you what a vinyl album was, but I know you've owned some.
0: I know. I used to have a lot of U2 special editions. Vinyl, yeah. And my music tastes didn't fit in either, so
1: that's what Fiona Fiona said. Vinyl? Question mark. Vinyl.
0: Vinyl. <laughs> so hey, it's hey. all good, right? It's all good. It's all good, and we're sorry if you ever feel like you don't fit in, but who you are is who you're meant to be, and that's much better than ever feeling you fit in everywhere. You know, that's right. you gotta find your people find niche. your people your vinyl groove
1: <laughs> yeah find your vinyl Woo-hoo.
0: groove and thank you so much for listening
1: thank you so very much especially on this holiday weekend yeah. Hope you all have, have a fantastic fourth of july
0: we really appreciate you i don't know oh. how to tell you all that but don't,
1: don't start any big. fires
0: i'll start crying Uh,
1: If you you don't have fireworks, just go out after dark and shoot your guns up in the air.
0: No! We do not support that at all. Oh my gosh. What? You. The lawsuits. Okay, bye!
1: Oh, crap! Disregard. Cut that part out. I can't
0: cut it out. It's
1: live.
0: (laughs) Pull it back in!
1: Oh well, we'll be.
0: Thank you for listening. Stay safe and well, and embrace your strange, and other people's strange too, in a consensual
1: way. Well, that's the point right there. I forgot to say that. Let me just say this one thing. Okay. And I forgot part of it, but it was something about (laughs) (laughs) like if you don't think you have value, just go out on the street and do one unexpected kind thing for some person, and. That will automatically show you that you have value, the appreciation in somebody who's genuinely touched by what you do, no matter how small it is. Even if it's a smile, sometimes. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: You're adorable, Shani.
1: Uh, That's just how I feel, baby. Cute.
0: that shorty.
1: Hey, you know what I'm thinking about?
0: You're thinking about me pressing the outro button?
1: It's not eating. Yeah, baby, go ahead. Ah! Thank you for listening to Loving the Strange. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And remember, embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Go get your strange on, friends. Thanks for listening.